Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. We have seen that the true meaning of generosity is to be found in the attitude of our hearts, like the poor widow who gave to God everything she had. And we've also seen that material things are limited. They can't give us the fulfillment we yearn for. We can't take them with us into eternity. And yet, material things, wealth, money, good food, achievements, and all the rest, are not evil in themselves. In fact, God was the one who created this material world, and he was the one who gave us the capacity to enjoy it and to make an impact on it. Some spiritual writers and theologians throughout the history of the church have forgotten that and claimed that all material things and experiences are intrinsically evil. These thinkers have been dismissed as heretics. So, how are we supposed to relate to the world around us? We don't want to idolize it, but we don't want to demonize it either. The proper attitude towards our journey through this material world can be summed up in one word, stewardship. Towards the end of his public life, Jesus taught a few different parables exploring this idea. And later on, both St. Peter and St. Paul brought up the idea in their New Testament letters. Even in the Old Testament, from the very beginning of creation, the concept of stewardship was a critical category for properly understanding the meaning of human life. Clearly, this idea is important to the Lord, and so it should also be important to us. But what does it really mean? Here is how Father John Hardin's Modern Catholic Dictionary defines the biblical concept of stewardship. The management of whatever a person is entrusted with, not only to preserve, but profitably administer for his master, ultimately for God. Every human being has been entrusted with certain gifts, life, freedom, personal talents and opportunities, the earth and everything in it. And we are called by God to develop those gifts, to use them to fill the earth and subdue it, to cultivate and care for it, as the book of Genesis explains. As members of the human family, we are stewards, caretakers of this material world and of our own human potential. We are called to discover, appreciate, and develop all of the possibilities that God has built into his creation. This is why the church has always encouraged noble endeavors like science, art, literature, business, and simple hard work. When we engage in these activities, we are fulfilling our purpose and glorifying God. This is why St. John Paul II often said, man is the way of the church. Fulfilling the basic human vocation to cultivate and care for the gifts we have received from God is an essential ingredient in human happiness, both for individuals and for communities. But as Christians, we've been given gifts that are much more valuable than those the human family receives simply through being human. We have been given the gift of grace, which enables us to be not only builders of a merely human, earthly kingdom, but builders of Christ's everlasting kingdom. 
During his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus pointed this out. He encouraged us not to fret over earthly cares, as if our lives were limited to this earthly realm. Rather, he gave us a new priority, a new kind of stewardship. He said, So do not worry and say, What are we to eat, or what are we to drink, or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. In other words, as Christians, through our adoption by grace as children of God, we have been made co-workers with Christ, partners in his work of salvation and in building up his church. In the parallel passage from St. Luke's Gospel, Jesus explicitly affirmed this, saying, Do not be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. It has pleased God to give us, to entrust to us, his own kingdom. We are stewards, caretakers, builders of the kingdom of Christ on earth. This is how we participate actively in the work of redemption. Here's how St. Peter explains it. As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. As human beings and as Christians, then, stewardship is central to our life's mission, to what will bring us lasting fulfillment and meaning. Our lives, our gifts, and our resources, and our opportunities all have a purpose. They have been given to us so that we can use them to glorify God and to serve the good of our neighbor. In short, to build up the kingdom of Christ. All that and more is what Jesus had in mind when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's what we're called to do, and that's where our lives will find their deepest meaning. But what does good stewardship look like in real life? One modern spiritual writer has made a useful division of Christian stewardship into two general categories, two areas of our lives where we can put the gifts we have received to work for God's kingdom. The two types of stewardship are stewardship of affluence and stewardship of influence. Stewardship of affluence has to do with how we use our tangible resources, and stewardship of influence has to do with how we use our intangible resources. Let's reflect briefly on each one. Under stewardship of affluence, the two major tangible commodities that we have to make decisions about on a regular basis are money and time. For everyone, both of these commodities are limited. No one has unlimited money, and no one has unlimited time. And yet, to do anything in this world requires both money, or its equivalent, and time. Therefore, we are constantly deciding how we will spend our limited money and how we will spend our limited time. Many different factors come into play when we want to understand what responsible stewardship looks like in regards to money and time. 
the stewardship lived out by a married couple with children will look quite different than the stewardship lived out by a monk or a nun. And the good stewardship of a working class man who barely makes enough money to cover his most basic material needs will look different than the good stewardship of a multimillionaire businessman. In all cases, however, the basic gospel principle of detachment applies. We are called to use our money and our time in order to love God and love our neighbor, not to try and create for ourselves some kind of heaven on earth as if we were the center of the universe. Here's how Jesus puts it. Take care to guard against all greed, for though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and decay destroy, and thieves break in and steal. But store up treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor decay destroys, nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. We all know the famous story of Scrooge, as told by Charles Dickens in his classic novel, A Christmas Carol. At the beginning of the story, Scrooge is a very good businessman from the world's perspective and a very bad steward from God's perspective. Only after the miraculous visit of three ghosts or angels does he learn how to be a good steward, how to put his affluence at the service of a king greater than himself. And by learning this lesson, he also discovers a whole new level of happiness. Here's how one modern Catholic businessman describes this point. My wealth is not meant merely for myself, nor is yours meant merely for you. That's a good way to sum up the basic cornerstone of responsible stewardship of affluence. Under stewardship of influence, the two major intangible commodities, so to speak, that we have to make decisions about on a regular basis are talents and skills. Talents are natural gifts that come with our personality. Intelligence, athletic ability, and artistic sensibility are obvious examples of innate talents. Skills are abilities that we have been able to develop over the course of our lives knowledge of medicine or law, for example, or diplomacy and relationship building. Talents and skills often overlap, since when we find a natural affinity for something, we tend to enjoy doing it, and therefore are able to develop new skills in relation to it. Every human being has some talent, a unique combination of natural gifts, and every human being, with very few exceptions, is capable of using their natural gifts to develop some sort of skill. With these talents and skills, we can make a difference in the lives of those around us. We can make our mark in the world. This is our capacity for influence. Some people are more naturally gifted than others, and so they are capable of making a bigger social impact. These are natural leaders. Some people's natural talents or acquired skills lead them to positions of authority or power in society. Those positions, too, become intangible commodities, ways of impacting the world for good or for ill. We're all familiar with popular celebrities who inspire young people. These celebrities exert a large influence on the imaginations and the ideals of the younger generation. 
a celebrity who uses this influence only for self-centered reasons or to popularize immoral behavior is being a bad steward. Although you and I are not celebrities, we are called to use whatever influence we have in a way that will help others more easily find and follow their true human and Christian calling. In this way, we exercise good stewardship of our capacity to influence others. We help build up the kingdom of Christ. Here too, the gospel value of detachment comes into play. We have to overcome our self-centered fears that inhibit us from investing our talents and skills in ways that will further Christ's kingdom. When we do, Jesus will be able to say to us what the king said to his faithful servants in the parable of the talents. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Stewarding well our money, time, talents, and skills, intelligently utilizing them to love God and to love our neighbor, requires a certain spiritual maturity. We need to know about God's kingdom and the teaching of Christ and his church, and we need to have a prayer life that enables us to hear God's voice in our hearts, guiding us to the fulfillment of our own calling in accordance with our unique difficulties and opportunities. In other words, from the Christian perspective, Stewardship is much more than simply donating to a good cause. It's a way of life undertaken in obedience to our Lord's admonition to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in everything we do. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.